Hi, welcome back to Growing Up Well. I'm your host, Sophia. And I'm your host, Amina. So it's a new year and a lot of us have some pretty big goals and ambitions. And hopefully one of those goals is to get more involved in the community and give back to people who are in need, especially in the time that we're in. And so joining us today to share her own experiences uh, with creating meaningful impact on her communities to discuss its benefits on self-growth is Hira, who also happens to be our first Muslim Monday feature. So Hira, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so um, my name's Hira. I live in Delaware, which is the first state <laughs> uh, representing Biden. Uh, and um, just some of the things that um, I think it's a good way to represent myself is just what I'm doing, which is I'm in um, medicine and doing trying to represent my life in service. And I think that's just like a huge part of who I am and just trying to give back and make the community better any way that we can. So yeah. That sounds like, um, so I guess we could start with your earliest um, service endeavors. So how did you first get interested in service projects and what did it take to make that first step? Because I know like, it's definitely like difficult to make that first step and take the initiative with service yeah. projects. So like, how did that come to be? That's a really good question. I've actually always been part of service, like especially like in elementary school, I grew up going to Islamic school. So I feel like that's that environment at a really young age where like the teachers and the, and the students are all really into service was like a huge foundation for like who I am. And then uh, from there, uh, just going into high school, I just saw things that were affecting our community a lot. And I just wanted to do something, you know, like it, it's just sort of that yearning where you're like, how can I help? And when you're really young, you really don't have much that you can do. You don't really have that much experiences or resources. So I just did like, you know, um, we have Ronald McDonald's house, which I'm not sure it's like a national thing, but maybe it is. We have one here in Delaware. It's really big for people who are um, patients in the hospital and they can't afford to stay in a hotel. So the patients, families would stay in this house and it's free. And, you know, we would come in and we would cook for them. I think like every Saturday morning, we would spend their cooking and just helping the patients in any way and their families. So that was something that I did, something small, and then obviously like donating goods. And so I think that's like the most basic way for how I started. And then I just started off trying to go um, larger in my projects, if that makes more sense. And one of the things that I did was uh, I would just go for like a uh, few times in my life, I've been to Pakistan. Um, that's where my family's from. And I would just go and see like, one of the things that I noticed was there was not a lot of clean water. And that was like a huge shock to me because I was like, we have like running water here. I mean, they have running water there, but um, it, it was really like just the poverty levels and the fact that there's so much there, they don't have clean water. So I came back and I just wanted to help. And one of the things I did was just raising money for that and then building the wells um, in the most like deserted areas of Pakistan. It wasn't the big cities. I did it in the most deserted areas. and. From then on, I just like, I fell in love and I was like, let me do this. And how can I go bigger and just try to help people in any way that I can? So it started off like that. That is literally crazy and so amazing that <laughs> you like, I feel like, yeah, everyone sees it. Cause like I've been to India a bunch of times. I'm sure Sophia has too, but like the fact that you went and you saw it and then you decided to come back and do something, that's actually crazy. And that actually leads into something we wanted to ask you about next. So it's really amazing how, you know, such small, small scale things that you did in high school. And then that like led to such like a bigger thing that you did in building a school in Pakistan. Like that's, 
literally mm-hmm. so amazing and I'm, I'm yeah. sure so many people want to know more about it so if you wanted to talk about that a little yeah so um when I did the wells I was like I think 14 uh, how old are you when you're freshman in, in high school I think you're like 14 wow. right 14, 15. yeah 14. 12 I don't even know how old that that's was. actually crazy <laughs> yeah so that was um that was the first step for me to realize that uh you know how hard it is to actually build something because you're here in America you try to do something that's like in the most deserted areas in Pakistan so then um after college it actually was a huge goal of mine because I'm a huge advocate for education. I think education really has can change so many people's lives. It changed my life completely, um, you know, and doing what I do. So I really wanted to build a school and I just, <laughs> it's a crazy story because I just wanted to do it. And um, one of the things I think is really important that I was talking about was intentions, making sure that you have the right intention for what you're doing. The reason why I say that is because I, was always just you know talking to people be like one day I want to build a school and I just ran into some people and they were already building a school in Virginia and I thought that was so cool and um when I was telling them that one day I wanted to build a school in Pakistan they were like let's get started and I was like well I didn't mean today (laughs) like I was thinking like you know one day we'll build it and so we just kind of uh found some people that were also like-minded in building a school in Pakistan um and once you find the, those group of people, which is what I did, uh, we were able to find teachers who are actually, whose job is to actually work in third world countries. And I thought that was really amazing. And I just think the story of how I met these people was another like a crazy adventure. And um, so we have not built the school yet, but we are in the process of building it in Pakistan. And it is the most adventurous like uh, thing I've ever done. It's also the most difficult thing because I thought building wells was hard, but building a school that's going to be like functioning for hopefully a very long time is like the hardest thing ever. And one thing that I think it's like a whole full circle picture is that I'm building the school, inshallah, inshallah, like the school will be built in the same place where the wells were built. So the wells uh, were built in different cities, um, like I said. So we we're building one school, not going one of the cities right next to the well. And I just think like a whole, full, complete picture. So um, yeah, I think one of the hardest things about that is. Uh, I think people think it's raising money. I think that if you have the intention, like God will truly help you get the money. It's more about, uh, you know, making sure that the school is going to be uh, built correctly, that the education is going to be proper, and that the teachers are going to stay there. Because a lot of times what we realize is when you build these schools in third world countries, after a year or two, the schools aren't, you know, functioning well. So that's one of our biggest, um, you know, setbacks. And that's, we're trying to make sure that that goes well. And I know, like, just whenever I hear this story of how you were able to build a school in the first place, like, like when you said, like, you literally met someone at a coffee shop, like, those random experiences, like, they're most random. I was in Philly, and I was in a cafe, and literally a woman comes up to me, and she just starts speaking to me, and she was just like, oh, uh, you know, what are you doing? And I was just on my laptop doing my work, and she just, just, and we just started speaking, and next thing I know, she actually works, um, her dad is a UN United Nations like a delegate or something like that and I started speaking about how I work with the United Nations and she started speaking about how she's a teacher and she knows all these other teachers in third world countries and so I started you know meeting at her at different cafes like you know after that moment and um that's how we found the teachers and then I was in Virginia um at a halal burger place <laughs> and ran into um a guy who was doing his residency 
So he uh, was, you know, finishing up his, um, you know, medical pathway uh, at med school and was not happy. And so he was building, he just wanted to find a bigger purpose in life, which that was crazy to me. And um, he was building the school in Virginia. And I started, that's how I got to work with him in building the school in Bogotá. So I just need to go out and eat more because <laughs> whenever I do, I find crazy people. <laughs> so yeah, that but, was very powerful. Yeah, like it's just so interesting. Like when you have the right, in, like the right intentions and like a pure um, goal and pure ambitions, yes. like it's in Allah's plan, like it'll it'll happen um, yes. as long as those intentions are pure. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. If you have the um, right idea and I think just God will put the right people in your pathway and you will meet them literally in the craziest way to help make your you know dreams come true and your goals come true so that was the one thing so I think the world and and Allah will help you you know for your dreams to come true and I was just gonna say like I know like for a lot of us who are part of like a Daisy diaspora um and um when we visit like our the, like the country that our parents grew up in or where in my case where I was born when we go visit we see like the poor living conditions, just the state of the streets, yeah. like you said, the clean water, like the lack of clean water. Yeah. Like when you see all of that and you're coming from America where everything is just like pretty much given mm-hmm. to you and you take it for granted. All of us, when we when we were 14 years old, 13 years old, when we were go there, we were like, I want to make a difference in this place. Like I want to change this. Yeah. I want to, you know, be a part of the change that happens here. Yeah. We all have that, you know, goal. Yearning. But like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We just don't know how, like we never know how to do it. And we're so young. So we just feel like it's out of our control. Um, mm-hmm. to ultimately accomplish but just seeing yeah. you and seeing that you've been able to do it like you've had that goal you were like us like, you know you went there you saw all this stuff but you were able to like see through it like that is alhamdulillah so amazing and like so inspiring for so many like um like, you know Young people. Immigrants. I, yeah. that's so true actually that was actually my first trip because I've been to Pakistan a couple times before that but that was my first trip where you're actually kind of old enough to understand what's happening and I don't know, it's just something in me was just like, you know, like, how can I help? Because um, it was such a huge shock to me. You know what I'm saying? Because there's stuff that happens in here um, in our communities, but that was just like a massive change. Um, yeah. For sure. The next topic that we wanted to kind of talk about is you, we heard that you published a book, which is so cool. What the book is, what the book's about, how you were able to, you know, do it and that whole process. Yeah, so I, like I said, I'm in medicine and I'm in healthcare. So when I was in college, one of the biggest things I wanted to do was work with a population where I could help people. Um, and so I was doing so many things before I was working on this book, like I was doing working patients with cancer, you know, like the typical stuff. And I realized that there were so many people working on it. That's a massively like um, important thing. And it's such a it's such an important thing because cancer is like one of the most uh, biggest diseases that kill people. But um, one thing that I wanted to do was take on a huge risk. And when I say that, was work, working on a disorder, which is like completely rare and it doesn't affect that many people and there's no cure for it. Because I felt, I honestly felt like no one was giving people a chance. Um, so I got started in that and um, that was one of the like biggest joys in my life was working with these people. And when I say it's rare, I still mean that it still affects like millions of people a day. So that was like a huge thing because when you think rare, you think like, you know, like one person, but it's still a large population. So I was working in that, I was doing research in um, that. It's a bone disorder, uh, typically in Ashley, there's no cure for it. So the patients will die um, at maximum like seven to 10 years old. 
And I just wanted to do uh, take this hard role of trying to find a treatment, trying to find a cure, and that's what I did. So I spent four, four, four five years on that, and um, yeah, and I was like doing school, and then I was doing research, and I was writing this book on the side, oh and gosh. it was like <laughs> I was so I had no life. <laughs> that's all I did, but it was so rewarding because I felt like I was able to. I mean, when I got to meet these real patients in, my, in like real life and meet their families, that's going to make you realize like how important the work that you're doing. Because if you're not working on it, you're doing everything behind the scenes, you don't really get to see the patients or the families. But yeah, so I published that book um, and then I was able to go, uh, even during the process, to go around the world and meet these people. And I absolutely also love writing. So I think that it was like great two hobbies of mine, which is like trying to help people. Um, clinically, medically, and then also writing a book on that. So that was my first book that I published. So uh, when did you like start off with the research and like with writing? Because you said it took four to five years, like that's like a major, major commitment. So like when did yeah. you take it on and like things like that, if you want to? Yeah, yeah so uh, like I said, I was trying to find a, a, a proper, let's just say, role in medicine that I wanted to do. And I saw so much in, um, there's so much in cancer and tumors and so much Alzheimer's disease, you probably have occurred of these like massive ones. Um, and I was doing in that and I have to tell you, I was not feeling fulfilled. I felt like every other person was doing it and I just wasn't feeling like I was making a big contribution to, you know, this. So I left that um, a year or two later and I started developing different projects just to like see what was out there. So I wrote the book actually in three years and I continued to do the research. Um, in this for two more years until I felt that I just did as much as I could um, with this and made as much as a contribution that I could and then I uh, decided to leave this research and do something else uh, because I felt like I wanted to see what else was out there while I'm still young. So I wrote the book in three years while I was in undergrad um, So and then I graduated and when I graduated I also published the book I think like within Two or three weeks of graduation so it was like it was like on the spot I was like gotta do this gotta do this gotta do this <laughs> yeah I think of undergrad it's like school like you and then internships but I didn't like realize like there are so many things you could be doing like other you like can. outside of school yeah I, and I tell this to everyone I was like the reason why I think I loved college more like truly like one of the best years in life was because it's life is what you make of it and I feel like if you put yourself out there and do these things and take these massive risks you, you will just have like not only the most fun, but you also push yourself. Like who I was, you can ask any of my friends who I was before, who I am after this experience was a completely different person. And then even after that experience and who I am now, also a completely different person. So whatever you guys do, life is what you make of it. So put yourself out there. It's, I loved college. I love what I did when I was in college. I think that's why I like college so much, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I feel like that just goes to show, um, like it doesn't matter where you go, it's just, yeah. um who you are as a person and what you're passionate about and then what you yeah. decide to do with the resources that are available to you like it really yes. doesn't matter where you are like as yeah, long as you're capable true. of finding those resources and yeah doing it doesn't that. matter so many people think you have to go to harvard or yale to like do these amazing sure. things but your degree doesn't matter where you get it from it's still a degree and more importantly who you are like if you want to do something don't take no for an answer. I applied to 30 different positions and I got rejected to every single one of them because they're so hiding it. This this one that I did that I'm telling you was my 31st place. I would not take no for an answer. And I applied to every single place and I ended up applying to, um, this is the number, like the top five, 
uh, orthopedics hospitals in the country. So I was like, you just do not take no for an answer. Keep going, keep going, persistent. And take this with whatever you do in your life, whether that's service, whether that's school, whether that's, if you want something, go for it. Don't take your age. Don't take your quote unquote lack of qualifications as an answer. Because that's just, that's just baloney to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're definitely right. Like, I feel like even even in my own life, like just applying for things like as a high schooler, like whether that be like a research program or something, like you like see other people's LinkedIn pages and be like, oh my gosh, oh my like there's so much LinkedIn more qualifications. I know I actually have nothing on my LinkedIn because of that reason. I just compare myself to these people. I'm like, I'm like these are all of it, <laughs> and I've done nothing compared to them. So, oh my gosh, yeah, don't compare yourself because it's so true. Yeah, that's it's so true. Really, it's so horrible to fall into a LinkedIn rabbit hole. Oh my god, LinkedIn rabbit know. holes are oh my god. And you just can't get out. Yeah, I spend hours sometimes just scroll, scrolling through LinkedIn. Yeah. It's so unhealthy. Yeah. But like, it's also inspiring sometimes because like you see what other people are doing and it's like motivating. But um, yeah. like right now, like it, especially during the pandemic, so many high schoolers like everyone has LinkedIn. Like all the high schoolers have LinkedIn, and yeah. everyone's putting stuff on their LinkedIn. It's just like it's just crazy honestly yeah but, yeah I, this is the reason why i told i like have my resume but that's private but i i just don't like putting myself out there either on linkedin i just feel like you know that, that should be private but that's just my opinion but the point is it's just like don't compare yourself especially because you know going to college do what you can it's gonna be such an amazing experience yeah Okay, definitely. So um, <laughs> thank you so much for telling us so much about your book. One last question about it. What was your favorite yeah. place you went? Because I know you said like you were able yeah, to. Um, yeah, I think, oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Okay, what's a favorite place to, I probably went to was Europe. Uh, yes, because their healthcare is so different from American healthcare, and I didn't realize it until I go there, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to them, and I'm like, what on earth are you talking about, and during then Brexit was happening, so I really had no idea, <laughs> like, I was like, I should probably study politics a bit more, but that was really cool, and also all the countries are very, like, close to each other, so it's, it's so different how diverse they are, mm -hmm. I mean, I thought America was diverse, but when you're going to the conferences there, it was, it was beautiful. So mm -hmm. I think that. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's actually so cool. You were able to just like kind of explore the healthcare there more, which kind of yeah. leads into what we wanted to. I'm so sorry. This is literally falling out of my ear. <laughs> we wanted to talk about next. So, um, what like got you interested in being in healthcare in the first place? Because I know a lot of ways like healthcare mm -hmm. could tie into service. So, what kind of got you there and made mm -hmm. you understand like, yeah, this is what you want to do with your life? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm actually a very, like, boring in this case, where I was just, like, I just loved medicine since I was a little girl, and I would have, like, the, you know, fake stethoscope and the doll. So I, you can ask anyone, like, you know, that was always in my blood. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions, I'm so glad you pointed that out, was that so many people think that the only way you can be in service is if, in your, if you're only if you're in healthcare. And I think that's so like crazy to me because I didn't realize people think like this. They're like, oh, well, I'm not a nurse, so I can't help people or I can't do this. And I, I realized I was like, you can do service in anything, you know, it doesn't have to be just in healthcare. For me, healthcare is my passion. It is like, uh, it's like everything that I am, to be honest. I just love medicine. I love being able to uh, 
help someone medically and be able to like try and provide them a better quality of life like that is my goal and try to do it uh for free inshallah inshallah you know i just think that healthcare in america is uh taken as a privilege when it should be a right for everyone to get free universal health care and that's like one of my biggest goals is to help people here and also abroad as much as i can inshallah that's one of my biggest goals in life um but yeah so that's just who i am <laughs> i love medicine i love everything about being able to um be there for someone um it, you know in terms of medically when when you know when there's not a lot of doctors out there it's like this huge physician shortage and yeah be able to help people and i think medicine is such a universal thing because you can help anyone anywhere once you have this like life skill you know it doesn't matter if you're in africa or if you're in asia um and that's one of the reason i love this field is because it's like a way to help anyone no matter where you are i love the point that you made about how service is like an aspect of every field because like i'm yeah. personally like <laughs> interested in business and like politics and like i love service too so i want to incorporate like yeah. service into that and then amina is like really good at computer science so he probably like is gonna someday inshallah like yes. incorporate computer science <laughs> into service like there's so yes. many and i feel like that's what high school is for like to explore how like mm-hmm. what fields like will allow you to do the things that you want to do so like high school like, and college yeah you know my best friends were girls so you know uh, different and um some of us are like physicians some of us are pharmacists and lawyer and we have like a uh, chemical engineer which god knows i still don't know what that is <laughs> but like we all are still involved in service so you don't have to be just a medical or just a lawyer um you know to be able to help people i think that was a huge thing whatever you do whether that's like business having small business or um you know being in politics like you were talking about it's like the anything that you can do uh, actually um a family here owns a pizzeria that he's muslim like he's a muslim family and he donates all of his pizza to the masjid all the time to like you know any events like mashallah like, he's always like never has he ever asked for money from us to like go and like buy pieces for him so it can be literally as anything that you can do in in the way of allah i think it's the best way to put it it would be like an act of service. So don't think that you just have to go and get a doctorate <laughs> to be able to help people. You can be 14 and be raising money and like, you know, sewing socks. A lot of people were doing that over the winter session, um, over the winter break. And I just think like, see, you don't have to be so, you know, um, like a doctor or so educated for people to be able to help. So yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like what you said earlier about how, like, I didn't realize it, but like subconsciously, I guess people associate medicine with service and like they don't make that subconscious assumption with other things, even though like, you know, knowing Mm -hmm. from high school, knowing what other people have done, like obviously like, you know, like there's so many other ways to do service, but the fact that it's been so engraved in us that like, okay, if you're a doctor, you're serving others. If you're a doctor, like you're doing things for others, but yeah, that kind of breaks off the scope that like, you you don't have to be a doctor to do something for others and like I think it's really important that you brought that up and like to for us to acknowledge that as well yeah and I think one of the reasons you said that is because medicine actually is like um, a huge part of being a doctor it's like being in service of others and like it's like in a one it's like the same thing to be honest being empathetic for others and um all of these huge life lessons is part of medicine so I think that's what people assume it's like you know the only way you can do this is if you become a doctor and um I just need people to also understand that you can do that in anything whether being a business owner or being a lawyer or politics uh I just think that whatever you do in life have 
service and have the right intention. These two things is like my big mantra for life, <laughs> you know. Um, and there's a lot of people who are also like um, hijabi bloggers who are like trying to bring service for, um, you know, just bring service and making that a huge part of their life. So you can do literally anything. Yeah, as long as you have like the right mindset and the intention, you can always be trying to help others. For sure. And I also think this topic is a segue to the next topic because mm-hmm. your your um, involvement in this is, mm-hmm. it goes beyond just your experience in healthcare. Like it requires like a lot of other skills too. So it's how you were able to start your nonprofit organization. So mm-hmm. can you just like go through how that happened and what you've been doing recently? Yeah. So uh, I think one of the biggest things I want to tell, tell people is that starting a nonprofit for me was not a straight pathway. It's not like I was like, okay, today I'm going to start it and it's functioning. It's going to go well. I was trying to start a nonprofit since I was in college. And um, one thing I realized is you do need the time. So when I was doing like 50 things in college, I just did not have the time commitment to be able to work with a nonprofit and my own not make it. So um, that just kept failing, kept failing. So I decided to join a nonprofit that was already going well and was already functioning. And I did that. I joined that nonprofit. And um, I think one of the best things I've done was join multiple nonprofits and be part of like different groups and be board members for different groups because that really teaches you leadership and also teaches you like, um, I think there's a huge difference of people think that just because you're a leader, you're going to be a dictator. And what I say is what I go and be so young and just learning from your own mistakes and your own experiences that, you know, you are a leader and what people say you have to listen to. And ultimately you still get to make the big decisions, but you have to make the right decision. Even if people don't like what you say, that it's the right thing to do. And I will tell you always do the right thing, no matter how difficult it is to do it. So I uh, was you know, on board members for different nonprofits. And then um, after college, I uh, did a huge, uh, spent a couple of years, uh, you know, being full-time working in nonprofit. Like that was like my life full-time. I did that while we do other stuff in my life. And um, that was, that was a huge learning experience. I learned so much. I learned about small stuff, like all these tax forms that we have to do to be able to like work with like, what are the things that are in our community and be able to also like work with this nonprofit and go like in the, in like the scary parts of our like communities where they actually have like gun violence and drug violence and be able to talk to them and not judge them so like it was at such a young age to be able to do that was absolutely amazing because it I feel like people assume that like if you're in service you have so much empathy and sympathy for others but that's actually something that you know people don't have that it's like a learned trait to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes so um after I did that and I learned, I truly am so grateful for these people and I'm still in contact with them. We're still friends and they're always still like messaging me to come to their um, events and I, I do the same thing. I realized that after that I wanted to make my own nonprofit because I felt like I had learned enough and I had taken the skills from my previous experiences in my life. And I wanted to make it because I was very uh, passionate about certain things, which is like education, um, like I talked about before. Healthcare, universal healthcare is also a thing that I wanted to help. And, um, you know, trying to help, like, uh, I think the best way to say it's not poverty, but just trying to help the people who are, like, hungry and, you know, um, are on the street. So those are like, three things that are, like, massively important to me. And I wanted to make a nonprofit that is based on these three things. And I just feel like, you know, there's just so much out there in the world, but these three things are, like, you know, what I'm really passionate about. So I, I that's how I did it. I was able to then um, 
use the skills from before and be able to make mine. And then I am able to find like-minded people who are really passionate about service and who really wanted to help to be board members of the nonprofit. And um, it's been doing really well. It is really funny because I actually started this, like I think it was like during COVID. And I, I didn't realize COVID was going to be such a big thing at that time. Remember, it was like people knew what COVID was, but it wasn't that serious. And so it was just, oh my gosh, it was so hard to make this and be able to um, function. So we had a lot of, we had a lot of like setbacks and we still do, but we still try to do what we can um, with what we can do. Because all this stuff is, we can't go in person and you don't want to be able to, you know, uh, touch people's and bring out the food and give it to them. So we, we do what we can. Um, and um, one of the things that we're working on right now is trying to provide scholarships for high school seniors to go and get a uh, further education in college, because I think that's really important. I you know how expensive college is, and <laughs> it's not right. So we're trying to provide scholarships based on a certain GPA and level of hours, and you know, the letters recommendation. And I, I think that people are, um, are going to be excited for what we're coming up with, and that's one of our big goals that we're going to be starting off. It was supposed to start off um, December of 2020, but COVID really set us back, but we'll be doing that this year, inshallah. That's one of our projects that we're working on. Mm -hmm. and I are part of, we're both like student leaders and volunteer organizations, so like we understand what you mean by like, first of all, like the leadership that you, the leadership skills that you gain from um, yeah. this sort of experience, <laughs> it's like, in, it's so invaluable. Like, I literally have grown as a person so like so much just because of yeah. um the leadership and the volunteering um, mm -hmm. experiences I've had but also how like COVID has affected your operations so are there any like projects that you've been able to do like despite um despite like the obstacles that COVID has posed yeah that's a really good question so um before one of the things that we wanted to do was actually bring life to uh, mental health and talk about like one of the challenges that we faced about being a student and also the pandemic was hitting and you know that was like a really weird time for all of us and doing things online was just really weird in the beginning now it's just like a part of my life <laughs> it's still stressful so we were trying to bring ways to like shed light on mental health and then try to provide people ways to cope with it that was one of the things we were doing and then we did a huge um home uh homeless drive for the winter session or i keep saying winter session sorry for the winter break like during christmas and new year's where we were able to raise money and then uh, to provide like these like home uh, homeless packages things that people would need like mittens because it's cold and like face face masks and uh snacks and bars and then we were able to um uh combine our state our like you know mission with the Delaware food pantry i believe it's called and they were able to work with us and make even a bigger care package and so that was a huge project that we did it took so long to do and we're all like all of us are like studying so we're doing this other side um and we just we just did that i think it was like january 5th i think we were just like all all good to go and we were able to give out all that stuff um so that was a project that we just finished and that was also really really exciting because we did that all for people who were homeless in delaware like in our state um yeah good to help people back in our state <laughs> yeah and i'd say like anyone who's interested like who's listening and is interested in helping the community like especially during this time like uh helping local food pantries is like such an easy way to do that yeah. like food pantries are like in like a very very dire situation right now like they yeah. are really just like they're um 
they're just really low in resources right now. So if mm -hmm. like if you guys can like donate or like donate food or donate like money, money um, to the yeah. food pantry, like that would be so amazing for yeah. um, all the local. And it's so important to say that because a lot of food pantries, I don't think they're taking um, food like canned goods even because of COVID. That was one of the big things that we didn't even know about. But they are taking money, so we would do like online donations and then work with them. And it's because we're trying so hard to keep everything like you know clean and not spread any germs um so i think that's really important that you talked about spending money for sure yeah for our volunteering club for example like we do a lot of service projects so like last year we did like diy dog toys and we donated that to the, oh, like, the so local cute. animal shelters yeah <laughs> it was so cute and we do like a lot of projects like that and it, it was just because honestly like a lot of the times i literally go to school like looking forward to like the volunteering club like it's just like, oh, the, so part, the part of school that I actually look forward to and I really really enjoy because I love planning projects and then like seeing it seeing the members do it mm -hmm. and then donating them and just seeing the effect on the community I just love like it's like literally my favorite part of school um and then just seeing that like because of COVID so there's just so many things we can't do and it's just like so mm -hmm. sad so inshallah hopefully this this pandemic ends soon and we can inshallah yeah. like get back to doing <laughs> uh projects like that yeah yeah, yeah I was yeah, just gonna saying. add like I understand what Sophia is saying because like the time that I've spent on board of the like two volunteering clubs at our school mm -hmm. I've only done virtually like I don't know what it's like to be on the board of a club where you're actually doing things you're actually going out and like doing things in person and like I feel like I'm missing out on so many aspects of it that I really really wish I was able to like talk about and just like understand and like maybe even write about one day. So I feel like I really, really hope that I, I can understand what Sophia is saying. I hope this ends soon. I was just going to say, like, take um, even like the pandemic, like there's so many things that we've learned, which is one thing that you don't have to, um, you can do things like from your home. Um, I think that's one of the things that we've learned. So you don't have to go out and about to be able to help people. And even if you are like super busy or if you're like, you know, stuck with, with whatever, you could always do something small, like you can donate money or like um, one of the things that my organization did at the beginning of COVID was like the um, so can like handmade masks, you know, and be able to donate that to people who need them um, to a lot of um healthcare essentials from the beginning. I remember there was like a shortage of face masks and all these other things supplies. So we did that in shows. Like you can just be at home and also help, help you know, in any way that you can. Mm -hmm. And just to like mention like online opportunities like that we've organized like as a club, mm -hmm. translating TED Talks and transcribing yeah. like Smithsonian wow. like um like Smithsonian like you know artifacts and stuff like there are just the the possibilities are endless like there's so many things you could do online too so you can do find things that you're passionate about because yeah. I was doing things in the beginning when I was also like in college that I just did not feel passionate about but I just felt like oh there's a need for people to do this so I'm just going to do it and then when I found things that I was truly passionate about like education and like um you know healthcare I was able to go above and beyond the things that I wanted to do because it comes from the heart so if you if you like for example if you don't like something don't do it just because it makes you look good do something because you want to do it and you'll realize that there'll be more like it'll it'll just be better um you'll see there's like a better um out, outlook and out things that are going to happen from that and that makes sense yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and you'll like find the organizations that like are meaningful to you like and like yeah. to do that you, you have to take the initiative because like like I know I'm personally like very passionate about like cancer awareness because like my grandma had cancer two times and alhamdulillah she survived but, um that's a topic that's like really 
you know, meaningful to me. So I've, you know, worked with the local Relay for Life chapters. Um, and I know people who are uh, like very passionate about like autism awareness. So yeah. there are so many autism advocacy organizations locally mm. that you could work with. Like they do such amazing work. There's so much you could do with them. You know, there are just so, like there are um, animal farms that work with autistic kids and like they do such amazing work too. Like, there are so many organizations and honestly, like if you want to do work with them, like, you know, because it's meaningful to you, like, you have to take that initiative to find those organizations and reach out to them and everything. And that really just takes like, you know, it, it takes like that first step is like hard, yeah. but once you do it, it's just so rewarding and rewarding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like you were talking about before, Sophie, when you're talking about like the experiences that you gained from like, you know, your service, which is leadership, um, empathy, understanding, these things are, and also compassion and also communication were like massive things that I learned from service. And you're able to literally use that in every aspect of your life. And I think that's what just makes it such a whole circle of life, like completion things. I just completely, like I said before, like I completely changed from these experiences and hopefully, hopefully we'll continue to grow into a better person. That's like all that you can do. And um, using that and using my experiences in mental health care just is just, I think like, I just, it just shows that no matter what you do from this, you will always learn such invaluable lessons, you know? Things that you just can't like be taught, things that you have to go through to be able to learn. And leadership is like a huge person, like a huge part of who I am. And that's something that you have to be able to learn how to be a good leader. And it's always a work in progress too, but this helps. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. And like, I think it service even like helps with confidence a lot and like how to like you kind of have some shorty in yourself after you've yeah. done so many things like you know what I'm saying like you I don't know it just there's like so much easier to talk to other people and like ask like just like you know have conversations because like I definitely was so much like I was like so much more shy before but yeah. now like I don't have an issue like calling someone up <laughs> and asking them or like talking about an organization or just like even ordering food like those kinds of small things like there's so much more confidence talking to other people because I know that like yeah. what I'm saying has merit you know what I'm, you know what I mean so like that kind of thing like I definitely think service helps with that and so this kind of is like a great segue into what we wanted to ask you about next which is like from all of the experiences you've had ranging from like things in Pakistan to like um, writing your book and everything like what is some advice that you would like to offer it can be about leadership or just any pretty much anything that you've learned like what would you tell other people if they ask you like what is the biggest takeaway that you've had Oh, what a good question. <laughs> that Oh my gosh. I would tell people, um, I would tell people something. One thing is like to, if you feel like you have a need to do something and you just don't know where to start, one thing I would tell people is don't keep waiting that one day I'm going to do this. One day I'm going to be able to save enough money, be able to like do this thing, whatever it may be. You take the initiative, start small, but continue working on your goals. Um, you know, especially being, being an age and being so young, people take that as like a negative thing. Like, oh my gosh, you're only 12 years old, you're only 15. Like, you know, wait until you're older, or like wait until you graduate college or then do something. I, I don't think that you should listen to them. I think you should, whatever initiative you can do, do. Start small. Another thing is no matter what experience you have in your life, good, bad, and I mean this in service, I mean this in your own personal life, take it as you want to everything has um, a lesson everything is a learning experience and it's something I talk to with my friends we always talk about this even if it's a bad experience like for me it's something like didn't go well in in an organization or a project but I learned okay I'm not going to do this again take that you know take everything and use it whether it's good or bad to um, make yourself better make that project or whatever it is better so that doesn't happen again 
And another thing, if you want to do something or if you want something in life or you want to make an impact, don't take no for an answer. I think you need to be persistent with what you want. Um, I, I don't like taking you no know, for an answer. So if I want something, I'm going to go and do it. And whether that's in my research or that's like in school or that's in my organization, you know, take that, take just don't take no for an answer. I feel like so many times people are like, I'm not going to do it. And then they get so like, that was me. I would get so like offended. I'd be so sad, but I was not able to like give my all in my project. I'm like, I just got like rejected. So I'm not going to do this anymore. But like, if you want to do it, don't take no for an answer. Keep going for it. It will come. It will. And you know, the thing is about service, especially is that a lot of times when people say no to things is because either they don't want to donate money and that's okay. You don't have to keep asking the same person. Just like, thank you for your time and, you know, continue on with your life. Or it's the fact that you're too young or something and, you know, this, prove them wrong. Feel like I'm young, but I can still do it. You know, that's just my experiences that I've learned personally in, in service. And um, all the things that I've even been able to learn and continue to use in my personal life and also in service. Yeah. Those are my three like big takeaways. I know you asked for only one thing. Sorry. <laughs> so like those no, are my three. The more things. the better. Yeah, those are all like amazing <laughs> things for you to. <laughs> and I kind of. Oh. Yeah. Finish No, I was done. <laughs> I was gonna say like I think the both of us just like listening to your stories can like there are things that we've taken away like for example like like if, if you want to do something big like the way you've done something in like Pakistan or something like international like to do that you have to start small you really have to start local gain that experience first okay. see, yes. you know how to do like learn some invaluable skills that you can only learn through experience you really can't like you're not no one's going to teach you that like in school like you gotta like really experience those things before you do anything big like I feel like that's super important yeah and um if you um um, and I was saying before about like being super shy that was 100% me it was so painful for me to speak and like speak up in classrooms like it was just so hard for me and just doing like putting myself out there and being able to talk to complete strangers (laughs) was like really hard for me but like um like I was talking about before like just being able to use that and learn how to like be better like vocal and be more able to speak properly was just such an invaluable skill and that's how I got to be able to talk to anyone and not have a big problem with and also not being afraid of being rejected because like now I'm like well whatever like this person said no it's okay you know and um being able to do that to go and talk to random people and like cafes and burger places <laughs> and like being able to use that to build a school in Pakistan so like you're saying like Sophia like start small get those experiences and you can do something big and one last thing Sophia was um I want to talk about like making sure um I know I said this before but like using the right intention but like when I say that it's like when you're about to do something for example even like helping the homeless um one of the big things I learned from my previous nonprofit experiences was that um everyone wanted to take tons of pictures to post on their nonprofit page to be like oh and it wasn't to like talk bad or have an ego but to like spread awareness like oh on Saturdays we're gonna go give food and every Saturday we're gonna do this but I realized one of the things that I had learned from a young age was it came down to an ego thing. Like you're just posting on your Instagram story, posting on your Instagram, you know, whatever. And it was just people were taking it as like, you know, oh, you're doing such an amazing thing. And it kind of gives you this like awful ego. And I feel like, you know, whatever you do, make sure you have the right intention. Stay humble because you are helping people. Don't let it get to your head that you think you're so much better than someone else. Now, and I'm not saying anyone was doing this in my nonprofit, but these are things that you just kind of keep in your head you know when you're doing it so now a lot of times people are asking like, what we're doing it's kind of hard because like I don't like to post so many pictures but I also feel like you should so there's this like a like you know a fine line between yeah 
Um, but I just think like, you know, just remember why you're doing it and don't don't have this ego where you feel like you're better than someone else because you're helping people. I mean, it should you should feel good from your heart that you're helping someone, but like, don't let it get to your head. And I think like, just stay humble, remind yourself why you're doing this and who you're doing this for. Um, I feel like it's really hard. It's really hard to like stay from that if you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're someone who's um like just very busy like I know you do so many things like it's not like service is like your only thing like you yeah. do so much at school and stuff but like yeah. when you're taking time out of your day and like time that you could be using to study like and you're doing like you're putting extra effort into like service which is like really like pa- something you're really passionate about like that just shows that you're not doing this for anyone else you're doing it for your yeah. like you're doing it for yourself like and you know out of the goodness of your heart like it's honestly you you don't have to do but you are doing yeah and I feel like yeah and I feel like if that's what you're doing it for like everything will come easily to you like yeah and if not exactly if you do things for the wrong reasons you'll see things and that's why I said no matter even if it's a hard decision always do the right thing Mm -hmm. and I feel like also in service um I know this is like a really taboo topic because a lot of nonprofits and I were talking about it is that um when you're doing so much in service like for example um a huge part of my life is service even though it's not everything that I do us do so much other things um it's so much of you giving yourself it's like you know what can I do what can I do and I feel like a lot of people get burned out and I'm talking about people who do this like when I was doing nonprofit, like every day for two years um you give so much of yourself that you forget to take care of yourself and I wanted to talk about this um because I feel like people kind of feel embarrassed or ashamed that like, oh, I'm kind of getting burned out from doing so much. So make sure you take care of yourself. That's the reason why my um, nonprofit talks about mental health. And that's the same thing if you're in school or if you're doing whatever. Make sure you have things that you do for yourself. Um, like for me, I have my own hobbies that I do. Um, I go out, I do like body combat. And I just think that's just for me that I do to like keep myself sane. Um, and I think you have to do that because if you don't take care of yourself first, remember this if you don't take care of yourself first how can you take care of anyone else and any other like you know however big that that variation may be whether that's in school whether that's helping people in your nonprofit. um so take care of yourself first and it's okay to get burned like it's okay to feel like you're getting burned out but just don't get burned out like don't feel like you're so forced on you to do something so have like a balance and i feel like it's such a taboo topic because people like don't talk about it but i feel like people should talk about it yeah <laughs> so that's, no, that's really interesting for you to bring that up because I was just talking to Sophia about that like last <laughs> night yeah like I, mean, you I do this podcast and it's so I saw like behind the scenes of how much you guys do for this one episode and that is like dedicated so and what you guys are doing like bringing awareness is service like what you guys do is so awesome um it's such an honor that you guys even have me on here um, but yeah, so make sure you take care of yourself because really once you, like, if you can't take care of yourself, how do you expect to take care of anyone else or do anything, you know? No, that's definitely true. And like Sophia, I know she does so, so much for the podcast, like literally crazy amount. Like she was telling me, like, she literally has an obsession with like having it get far and like working with people like and that. And I definitely yeah. like, you know, working with people that are really passionate about what they do. Like, I think that's all that you could really ask for like a positive outcome. And I don't know, I just, I like, it definitely is, is a fear that you're going to burn out from like things that you like to do, especially school. I know me and Sophia could relate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have school, but, and you have your work, and your personal life, and then, yeah. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> For yeah. sure. But like, I guess that kind of leads into how do you like handle everything, like going to school and then also like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, has it been like a challenge for you really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. My biggest thing 
is time management. You guys, I do so much and I suck at time management. And before um, I was like, I'm not going to sleep. And I just would not sleep. And I'll go to bed at like two in the morning and wake up at three. Literally, I would sleep like half an hour. And I would just drink coffee, coffee, coffee. And now I know that no matter what, my mental health comes first. And I promise this, like, each of my friends, I even told them, I was like, if my mental health goes bad because of school, because of this, because of this, whatever it may be, I will leave it. Because it's so hard to lose it and then be able to get it back. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, a, oh, um, I've had that moment in my life. I'm never, so I've learned, I'm never doing it again. So time management is really important. Um, like, I like always give myself eight hours of sleep now because I've learned how important sleep is. And <laughs> now I'm like, I have to be in bed by 10 and I have to wake up by like five. And now I naturally do it. Like I'm, I'm such an old lady. I'm in bed by 9.30 and my friends are out and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, sorry guys. I'm, I'm so literally sleepy. the same now. Like before <laughs> quarantine, I don't know where this ability was pre-quarantine yeah. because I, I, I honestly don't know what's happening. Yeah. But like before, I, I, I used to do the same. I used to sleep at like 2 a.m., wake up at 4 or 3 a.m. Yeah. Like, oh like, my God, the bag under yeah. my eyes. Well, yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> like an hour or like 30 minutes of sleep sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I would sleep at like 5 and then I'd wake up at like 7 or 6 and then go to school at like 7.30. That's not like, healthy. And then you go to school for 8 hours and you it's do not. after school. So for me, sleep is really important. And for me, health is really important mm. for me. So I get, I work out every day. Um, and, uh, you know, I, that, that's for me before I actually hated running. And I would force myself to run. And I'm like, I don't like it. I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, so for years, I did like tons of different things. Like body comp that I've done mm. for years, um, boxing and whatever you want to do. Like I yeah. love hiking. I'm always out. So that's really important to give yourself time. And then I just make myself a schedule and I feel like for people who I was I'm a huge schedule person where I'm like okay like 6 a.m 7 a.m because that gives me stability like I need to know what I'm doing and I do the most important things that I have to do first so like if it's school if it's work or whatever it may be studying do that and then um be able to I feel like people also do a lot of multitasking and I feel like you shouldn't multitask I feel like if you are able to control your life properly you won't have the need to multitask so I learned that and then um in like in my breaks, I'll be doing like you know nonprofit or doing whatever other stuff that I do on the side, like writing my other book, um, whatever it may be. And so it's a really busy day. Like I woke up today at five a.m. immediately, like working, working, doing something else. It's, you know, but if you're good with your time, time management is the key, guys. But you're able to do a lot of stuff. Um, and you can't do everything, but do things that are important and write. Like I write two big goals or three big goals that I have to get and like done during the day. And they take a long time. Like for example, studying would take 12 hours of my day one day. So it's like, you know, have those things written down for you. Then you'll be able to have stability and have, be able to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I was just trying to like reflect like what, what, like what I guess triggered this change in my sleep schedule. Because before I used to like have really unhealthy sleep, like sleep sleeping habits. But now I literally sleep at like nine or 10 and then yeah. wake up at like for five years. So I'm like, hopefully I do that yeah, all, yeah, yeah. Not all the time. I like today, this morning I woke up like eight, you know, I've been yeah. waking up earlier than usual. And I realized, I just realized that it's because um, like last January I started bullet journaling and like, I've really I been- I love bullet journaling. Oh my God, I obsess with bullet journaling. Like I, I've been following bullet journaling accounts for like, like since seventh grade, but I never like yeah. actually got one until like January of last year. Mm. Um, and especially with the pandemic, it just timing was perfect because now like I have all these memories that I've like written down and recorded oh. in the pandemic. And it's just like all these things that I've done, like these movies that I've watched on this day or this TV show that I watched That's on this so day. Cute. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> nice because 
I write out all my tasks for every single day, pretty much every single day I write out all my tasks. And I'm actually like sleeping early. And I realized, I think it's because of the, the planning and the, the journaling, because it's like, you're writing all the things that you want to do and then you're seeing to and you're crossing it out and everything yeah. and writing it down. Like it, it really just, it's a game changer. It does help, doesn't it? For me, the pandemic made things worse for me because I didn't have <sighs> any any like importance of time. I was like, oh, well, whatever, everything's yeah. online. So, but um, actually like my big goal for 2021 was like, I have to get my morning routine, like perfect because I am such a lazy person. I'll wake up and spend two hours on TikTok. And I'm like, that has to like, I just, you know what I'm saying? Like unhealthy obsession. So I put a timer on my phone and I can only social media for two hours a day. Usually I use it in the morning or at nighttime before I go to bed, I'll be on TikTok. But you know, it really puts yourself like on a thing. Cause like once I have the two hour, you know, see on iPhone, just like a two hour limit is up. I can't be on it. Yeah. And I, I stick with that. So like having discipline. Um, so I feel like for me, pandemic in the beginning was really hard, but then afterwards, I was like trying to get better with it. And now I'm doing so much other stuff, like um starting like my 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 paintings. I'm not sure if you've seen it, like that. And so many people have like yeah, so many people have put in like so many requests of like paintings and like so I'm doing that as a side thing. And that's like I can take that a large point. So um that's like one of the big side projects that I started actually in January. <laughs> I don't know how long that's gonna go for. But oh it's God, so cool. Literally I saw I'm like, what is she not good at? Literally doing everything no. is so <laughs> cool. No, mashallah. Mashallah, it's like insane. I but I feel like those like fun things keep you sane, honestly. Like yeah. it's for me, it's like the journaling is keeping me sane. Like uh, the podcast is honestly keeping me sane. I honestly like my escape from reality and like like school is literally like service and podcasting and like all like the like the stuff that I don't no one is forcing me to do. I'm doing it on my own. Like because I like it. That's yeah. the best part. I know. I if someone tells me to do something, I I'm not good at doing it. <laughs> it's like if I want to do it, I will yeah so that's those are things that I've learned um pandemic has changed me a lot in terms of like um being accountable for myself like no matter what happens you know you make the best of it to me I did um I made the best of my pandemic like as much as I could do you know with the time because I think I was gifted with time and um starting like a lot of online stuff and that's a lot of like side projects that I do so yeah yeah and I guess we could like backtrack a little and talk about um, the benefits of like service on your self growth because I know like I know Hira and and I'm gonna both mention this but I think we were all all three of us were shy when we were younger before we really like you know gain experience in service so like I was so shy I was so timid like I okay, I literally there was like this one book in my basement. It was like the Alice in Wonderland book. And I was afraid to go to the basement just because the book was there. Like, I was just such a timid person. Like, I really could not talk to people. Like, it was really, (laughs) really bad. Like, my mom was like, she forced me to go to, like, Girl Scouts. And, like, that changed my life. Because, like, I was still shy there the first year of sixth grade. I was, like, fifth fifth or sixth grade. I was still shy. Like, I wouldn't raise my hand in class. Like, I was just, like, the person who kept to myself. Like, I had friends, but I wasn't, like, really going to put myself out there if I didn't have to. Um, but like I did like a lot of academic competitions and I was a girl in doing doing Girl Scouts and I feel like doing competitions and like doing service like I was putting myself out there like without thinking you know like and unconsciously putting myself out there and I gained experience like that because through Girl Scouts you're you're like interacting with senior citizens you're like interacting with all ages and all sorts of people and like you're really diversifying your your mm-hmm. your your experiences and your encounters. 
And so I think that changed my life completely. Like now I can talk to random strangers on Zoom, you know, like recording podcasts. Like yeah, like it's just like it comes to 180 and it's just like all of that. I honestly, whenever I tell people like what really changed my life, it honestly, it's service. Like service really changed my life. Like um, yeah. if people like us who are shy can like just, you know, do all the things we're doing now, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, service is just, I was so, I mean, exactly, like, you know, I was so painfully shy, like, I remember I couldn't even use the bathroom during class, because you had to raise your hand, and I was just like, oh my god, I could not do that, it was the worst, um, growing myself, and also, like, my self-esteem was, uh, had a, like, doing service really helped myself, because I think when you talk about, like, self-esteem and your self-image, it's really about, like, how you view yourself, and just doing service just really, puts things into perspective and being able to help others really does help yourself grow into a better person so yeah um especially during the pandemic I was I was doing all these projects um I was able to I think it's really crazy because like I was so much older and like when the pandemic happened which is still happening now um I was able to grow and be more confident in myself and um like I said like being able to like not take things too hard because I am a person that takes everything too hard and I'm super sensitive um and it's really hard because it just kind of put things like I, Amina's looking at me like she's like that's me <laughs> but like yeah and I just take things like I take things so like like personally and I'm able to now be like it's okay things happen let go I'm still working on it I'm still healing from that but um yeah, just like really be able to be more confident. And now my best friends call me Chatty Kathy, which you guys probably see like I just never stop talking. And I just feel like that's like a complete 180 for me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've never related to anything <laughs> the way that I just related to what you said. Like I, okay, I've made so much growth in that department of just like my own personality because I used to take things so, so personally, like the slightest oh things. Gosh, and, like yeah. I still see it now. And like, I'll be talking to my friends and they'll be like, oh, so-and-so person did this and this. Like, did you, did you see that? Like she was being so rude. And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, I thought it was fine. Like I didn't notice, like I don't <laughs> care anymore. Like I genuinely, like, I just feel like that like shift in my mind now because it's like, at this point like I know not to take that that much personally because a lot of the time has nothing to do with me most of the time it has nothing to do with most me. of the time it doesn't have to do with you exactly Amber. exactly so at this point <laughs> I'm like all right like no no need wasting the little brain power I have every day after all of that school stuff to yeah. you know like care about like what other people are like the little hints of clues they're giving back yeah so yeah I think that's like a really important thing to just learn in life in general that's yeah. so beautiful you learned that so young I'm still trying to like learn that now <laughs> you know no I get oh, yeah. a lot of that from my dad he's like completely cool to everything doesn't notice and like anything at all I'll be like dad this person literally was mean to you he'll be like I didn't think so <laughs> like oh my god what do you mean <laughs> so I'm just trying to trying to learn from him I feel like That's I'm amazing. still in that process. When someone says something to you, you just like take it so personally and you take it like, yeah. you, 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 okay, for me, it's like when something bad happens, like in a project that I'm doing with someone, like I'll, I'll, I can't stop thinking about it. Like I literally cannot function. So I feel like I'm still working on that, but I think I like, am too. yeah. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. So am I. I'm just trying. It's all a work in progress. It's all a work in progress. <laughs> but like, like, you I'm going to it down. <laughs> you do learn like how to do with like people who maybe aren't doing work like you know when people who like you're in an organization and people some people are not doing work and you gotta tell them oh like do this please like you know you have to be like nice about it but like you kind of like also have to be like assertive like you learn that skill you learn skills like 
that you don't really learn when you're in school. Yeah. I don't take a stand for yourself. That's a lot of what I've learned. Um, yeah. Like when I said, taking things personally, like we we're talking about, I'm able to use that in my own personal life because I take like, you know, someone hurts you or something, um, not being able to know how I was going to go, you know, cope around that. But now I'm able to be like, you know, things happen. Doesn't really mean it's about you. They're going through their own stuff in life. It's okay that things don't really go as planned or, you know, have to let things go. Um, just like, you know, it just helps in understanding. And I think it's always going to be like a work of like progress for me personally, but I'm a lot better now. Um, not to take things to heart and, you know, um, having boundaries, which is, I think, something that I also learned through service, which is so crazy because it's like literally everything that I've learned, it, it like impacts every part of my life. But yeah, boundaries are so important and learning that in service, which is like, you know, if people say no, it's okay, really, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, yeah, being able to learn that gives you thick skin. I think you should have thick skin. <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to get it. <laughs> no, I, I think, think we're all, I think we're all trying that. to, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We're all trying to thicken, thicken the skin up. But yeah, I think I we're think also we're empathetic. All... <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, for sure, for sure. I feel like it's so unnatural to, like, see people who work in service and then don't have empathy. I feel like that doesn't make sense to me at all. It's like, isn't that a stipulation of being in service? Like, you should be empathetic. Like, it's not just for showing other people. Like, you should get some fulfillment. And, like, even that, like, how can you have that if you're not compassionate in any way? So that's just always boggled me. Like, I don't understand how that can, like... Oh, my God. I see this happen firsthand, Amina. Um, one of the first courses I took was um, empathy, which was, like, mandatory for us to take in, in class, right? And it was empathy and, like, it, it being able to understand, like, you know, let's just say, for example, patients or whatever. And I thought that was so crazy to me because I was like, we're all in healthcare. Like, why are you learning empathy? And how can you learn empathy through a PowerPoint? But it's so crazy because you can still be, quote, unquote, in service or in medicine and still not be completely empathetic to someone so um that to me I still don't understand but I just feel like coming from someone like us who are super empathetic and we're just always trying to understand other people's points of views um there's like you know it gives you a reality that some people aren't and it is like it has to be like a learned trait for some people and for some people like us like learning boundaries like if you have too much empathy (laughs) so it's like you know it it gives you an open mind of like you know the different aspects and another aspect of service that I feel like is really interesting because it it did actually affect me in this like aspect like um it's like testing my like creativity and like like pushing me to like be more creative because like you gotta like think of like like you know different unique solutions to unique situations like I feel like um like you probably experienced that with when you were building like when you're building yeah. a school but yeah. like also like on that night when we were like thinking of like projects to do and helping out the local community like there's just so much you can do so and also with the podcast too like being kind of like you know be creative I feel like it's a really interesting aspect of service that you don't think about um oh, yeah, that is so on point I have yeah. to tell you when we were building the school we were trying to get a team made and I, it's such a massive thing it's a financial team and then you have the team that works with like getting the resources and bucks and then you have the lawyer team like it's like such a massive um, project and so when we were uh trying to get the team running me and the resident from Virginia and we were like interviewing because we had so many people who want to do it because like it was such an amazing experience it was a little like a year ago today as last January so it's like before COVID hit hit um we were interviewing people and everyone was like well the question that was like the biggest question is like why do you want to do this and everyone some people's answers were like oh like 
what do you mean? Like their answers were kind of like, it looks good on paper. And you can, you can tell, I mean, they didn't say that, but I'm saying you can tell like that's why they were doing it. And we were like, oh God, we don't want you. <laughs> like, you know, cause you're not doing it from your heart. So when you're, when we were trying to get the team running, that was like a, that was so crazy to me. Cause I was like, I thought they were all going to say the same thing. Like, I want to do this because like, you know, helping people's like passion, like the same generic answer. But then you hear some people and they're just like, yeah, like, you know, like I go to like Georgetown Law, I'm like, this will look good. <laughs> I, was, I was so surprised. I remember like, yeah no thank you <laughs> they did not get a call back from us <laughs> you have a great platform for this because every week you guys have someone different yeah. someone unique so you yeah. have a great way to get that that aspect going <laughs> yeah I mean you know definitely I think everything that you've talked about here like all the lessons that you've learned just everything and like us talking about our own like ways that services changed us you know, like, services are super close to all three of us, like, me and Sophia, like, in high school, and here are all the crazy stuff that you've done, so I, I, like, personally for me, and probably for Sophia, too, like, it's just been so inspiring hearing, like, all the details about your work, and just all of the advice that you gave, and you're definitely one of the most modest people that I've met, like, even with all of your accomplishments, like, you know, you have so much good to offer others, so I think, like, mashallah, you've you've done such amazing work, and, like, I'm so honored and so glad that you decided to be on our podcast with us today, and that kind of leads into, um, is there any way we could be a part of the stuff that you're doing, or any of our podcast viewers, like, you want to, like, anywhere we could check out your organizations, or how schools could get involved in what you're doing with building a school like we'd love to know about that yes oh my gosh please uh now that i know i recently learned that you guys are so close to me like that would be amazing you guys are just a state away <laughs> so i would love to have you guys on my team or helping us anyway um things have been slowed down a lot because of covid but we're trying to still raise money and raise funds for that um and so um the things you were asking with some ways you can check out um, my personal um, nonprofit organization which is um, Illuminate Life Foundation. And then I'm also starting a website of my own. Uh, and that's just going to be like a lifestyle slash like my journey and, and things that you can keep in track with all the fun things that I do on the side, including building the school. Um, and I will send you that, all of that information as well. But um, just trying to get a web domain going <laughs> for that. I think it'll be probably his EP uh, because that's just like what I'm known from. People actually don't even know my name is Hera. I think that's really interesting. Like people call me his EP because all of my social media platforms are his EP. And so I think I'll just keep going with that. But my name's Hera, it's not his EP. <laughs> I guess so many DMs are like, hi, his You know, I'm like, that's not my name, but that's what my friends call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that's um inshallah tv i'll send you guys all that yeah so my organization is um at illuminate life foundation but my personal insta which i'll be inshallah posting about all of the journey for the school and anything else my healthcare related is at his ep on instagram and then um my inshallah website which i'll send you all the details for that sophia you can check out growing up well on instagram at underscore growing up well underscore and see you in two weeks Bye.